ever think about just how we're great, we're fantastic, we're rolling. I feel wonderful. Uh, you ever think, just stop, really stop and think about like how much we're in the future? It's generally like, depressing. Just technology-wise, like we're recording. I well, think about it in a cool technology way for a second. Where's my hoverboard? Yeah, well, you could buy one of those online. It doesn't actually hover, but well, that that <laughs> is that a hoverboard, it's, and it's like it calls three itself a hoverboard, rent. but it's a it's a lie. Okay, I actually it's three have, months of rent too. On top I have of that, a bigger question. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck that. I have a bigger question. Wait, which I just is, where is my cybernetic spine? Yeah, where is Correct. your cybernetic spine? Is the biggest question. Hundred percent. Where what? I've, I mean, I've always wanted to be a cyborg, and I'm, I don't have a reason to be. I just want to be. Yeah, but um, my surgeon Kai just has a reason to be, and Kai phone. needs a cyber that explain. <laughs> Lum's surgeon just refuses its phone calls at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know if it was the cybernetic uh, arms or the tentacle. But we're recording. <laughs> okay. It's hard <really laughs> those two things. It's hard to say. <laughs> I just think it's neat that we're recording a podcast with somebody who isn't here. And like, in the same physical room as yeah, us. Yeah. They're oh. presumably here on Earth, but that's be debated. Allegedly. I mean, who knows? Allegedly. No, Maybe yeah. first. Allegedly. Allegedly on and from Earth. The first <laughs> transdimensional podcast. From Earth? I don't know about that either. But. Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny yeah, any of this stuff at this time, as it may compromise some of our agents in the field. But thank you for your inquiry. You hate it. <laughs> um, I plead the fifth on all accounts. Any, any further... One time any, I did a PowerPoint presentation. Well, that sounds straight. Oh, no, go just, ahead. Uh, I, I just wanted to say PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> that, that sounds very... <laughs> she has to finish. She has I to, has to tell you what it was about and what it was for, because that makes it very gay. All right. I made it about how Kai is an alien, like Kyle XY from Kyle XY. And it was for a birthday party for a queer person uh, where the theme was to make a PowerPoint presentation about any topic and present it to the group, uh, which I think it's not straight because all the pretty much all the people who were doing it were gay. So I think that makes it gay uh, people can do straight things. Yeah, I I'm just not I was con- I was convinced by the PowerPoint and I'm not convinced that PowerPoint is straight. I'm not sure I agree with uh that it's inherent that doing okay powerpoint is straight microsoft pr- is prezi but prezi prezi is if prezi gay, is gay prezi is so is gay liberal. <laughs> wait oh wait wait is prezi uh, liberal prezi is or is it queer liberal. is it like it's oh fuck <laughs> i don't know it feels it feels corporate it feels corporate it feels so corporate i'll be, I'll be real i'll yeah, it's 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 gay. I'll call Prezi gay. You I call think when you make a PowerPoint or any slideshow presentation. Oh, go ahead, Vixie. Sorry, there's a slight lag in our our Jitsi call, uh, so we keep joking over top of each other. That, go ahead. We that keep racing to be gay over top. It does mean double the jokes for the listener. <laughs> double the jokes. So <laughs> yeah, double the game. Which you just described a lot of this podcast. So I'm it's like a chromatic Oreo. A chromatic or I like Don't that. Don't fucking talk to me about Oreos ever again. That's transphobia. Wait. Oh, oh my god. Trans- oh, god. Oreos yeah, are transphobia, transphobia exactly because they they further the idea of a binary. 
between between cookies and cream. That's very true. That's very. Did you hear Lum? Hannah Hannah is blessedly free from Twitter, so she has no idea any of what any of us are talking. <laughs> no, about. I had no idea that Oreos were problematic. Now there was a whole <laughs> discourse about Oreos. it. You missed out. <sighs> um, who are we? Who are these people who are yelling at you about PowerPoints or an Oreos? Oh yeah, we've got five minutes of the podcast, and so we haven't introduced anybody on it. Also, um, sorry to your my producer. Name's Hannah, and my pronouns are she. I'm not. I, he he's, loves it. He enjoys it. He owes us big time. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, my name's Hannah. My pronouns are she, her, hers, or they, them, theirs, or he, him, his. Uh, my name is Kai. My pronouns are she, her, hers. Uh, welcome. This is If It's Giving Play. We are uh, very proud to present uh, for our second time, your first, our first time, your first. <laughs> They're not supposed um, to know we that. Have, uh, two guests on the show. <laughs> <laughs> we already talked about it on we last already talked about it on last <laughs> oh. week's we didn't say who you were no we just we had we had we, had, we, we had were supposed a to have a guest last week and then guest. we didn't have an episode which um, is true which was all true which was all true um but now you're here and we're so excited to have you who, who are, are you? you uh hello i am vix or vixie either one is acceptable um my pronouns are they them i am a non-binary "Quote unquote person." Um, I'm a <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly, I am a Denver activist and occasionally, allegedly, "quote unquote" journalist. Um, <laughs> uh, but mostly activist, and I'm extremely queer <laughs> and extremely gay. That's about it. I mean, I'm oh, gonna powerful. hear. I'm here to talk about vampires. Wow, thank you so for that powerful. <laughs> ask for anything more in a guest <laughs> what then like an extremely queer fox talking about us. vampires yes, a very homosexual turn of events oh yes i also have um a yes. special a special guest within the special guest i mean that didn't that came out gay um i didn't mean for that to come out gay but it sounded gay well, anyway. I mean, yeah it did it's the right place for the gay it was the right place for the gay anyway uh, would you like to introduce? It was the right oh, Russian. Uh, so I okay. have with me my partner Lum. Uh, it goes by it its pronouns. Um, and I don't know. We're sitting it. We're sitting here being very gay together. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Amazing. Allegedly. <laughs> Not on Earth. I'll tell you that much. Of oh God no. There's, there's allegations flying of everywhere on this week's episode. Of homosexual conduct. Oh, God. <laughs> it's conduct. And just so happy to be here. Homosexual conduct? What did you just say? <laughs> I misspoke, and then I said, said it again because I thought it was funny. I, I like it. I'm glad you caught it. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't step on it like I was right about to. Yeah. Uh, I want to go back to that. To homosexual content? Now I want to move now, right past it. Now, let's go on to our next segment. Homosexual um, co- sexual <laughs> content is the L word. That is exactly what the L word is. It's oh. homosexual Christ. content. Okay, okay, okay. Moving, 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 moving right along. Okay, so what is happening next is uh, what is the gayest thing that you have done this week? Um, I'm going to let our guests go first this week. Uh, oh, what's God. the gayest thing you've done this week? Uh, there, there are like too many to count. I mean, it was pretty gay that my partner came, drove 18 hours on a whim just to come see me and 
we're like in the same space now. That's extremely gay, honestly. Wow. And then wow. drove six hours to wow. a tiny little town to, to have a nice little gay vacation. Yes. Yes, on top of the 18-hour drive, so we, gay. we got into a car and drove an additional six hours <laughs> to be even gayer. Wow. Amazing. The only way, the only way it could have been. Well, a road trip is scientifically one of the gayest things you could do. We've discussed this on yeah, Tracy Chapman theory. Yeah, Accurate. Tracy Chapman theory. Wait, exactly. what? Please explain. <laughs> The Tracy Chapman theory. Yeah. The fast car theory. Fast, the fast car theory that uh, the great lesbian road trip as um, a science, as a science, as uh, uh, best theorized by Tracy Chapman's fast car, uh, the anthem of getting away with your gay lover in a fast car and capitalism making you suffer. Dope. So anyway, that fast car, fantastic. Tracy Chapman theory. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Awesome. Uh, I, it sounds extremely scientifically good. road trip one of the gayest things you can do. Well, if it's backed up by science, it is. Basically, I'm just saying that you are getting the uh, uh, award that we give out every week. I guess now <laughs> uh-huh. for the gayest thing. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of fun. We could make our gay things fight each other and decide. Yeah, who, yeah, yeah. Who's you know, yeah, whenever gay things it. fight each other, it just makes such a mess. It's very hard to clean up after gay it does. Things. There's glitter There's glitter everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> oh no, That's... you two both made the same joke. Oh no. Oh no. I Can love I shoehorn in a little call in corner for myself? Yeah, okay. please. Shoe in a I am... call. Yep. The let, thing I said. Let me shut up. <laughs> I am not a hundred percent sure, but I'm like sixty to seventy percent sure that I made a Z her her no I made a they them theirs in the streets Z her hers in the sheets joke two weeks in a row on this podcast <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent sure but I think I might have so about no you couldn't have because we didn't record one of them well not two two episodes in a row not two weeks in a row though. oh how embarrassing for you yeah I do want to issue a call in corner to myself just in case I did or else you can't do it right now I'm not gonna do it right now I'm just saying I do have to do it okay well um think about your actions moving on mm-hmm. uh what's the biggest <laughs> thing that you have Jesus. done this week Hannah I did a very gay thing this week what'd finally. you do uh on my one day off this week I um took some hallucinogenic drugs and I laid in a hammock and had a great trip and then I made the necessary for like my spirit and what I needed to do at that moment decision bad for my trip decision to like text a few people and one of those people was my ex Mm. Um, who uh, always goes well a lot quicker than I thought she was going to and so then I was Uh caught I was caught in the situation where I was on uh drugs and and I suddenly had to have a conversation with my ex um it was my own fault like yeah you did this I was drawn drawn on to the impulse I haven't spoken to this person in a in a hot hot second but again the fact that you responded almost immediately suddenly made me have to like function (laughs) which harshed my trip a little bit uh but it was good and necessary and I've learned I've learned a lesson about my phone and drug trips and that my phone does not belong in drug trips a lesson you've learned 
multiple times before. I know, but this time I... It really set in? It really set in okay. this time. All right. Yeah. If you say so. I feel like... I, the, I think... Yeah, any any sort of, like, gateway so to the outside the world thing. probably is not this. great to do on hallucinogens. Allegedly. Allegedly. No, I generally don't think so. I've uh, heard that. Great, way, yeah, great no, thing to have, I should all. say. Okay. Do whatever. I, I Hannah read this story in a, a site that she's on every day. Yep. She loves Reddit.com. Oh, God, no. I'm don't, sorry. Don't even, I can't, don't associate that with my brand. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm ruining your street cred. You're they then their street cred. Yeah, Reddit's pretty hetero. Reddit's pretty cis and hetero, to be honest. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, fucking garbage. It is. I only use Reddit for weird porn sometimes. Thank you for that's sure. totally valid. And that Thomas the Plank Engine account. Yeah, that, that's, that's great. It's not an account. That, that that's a, a subreddit. Not yeah. That's that's, that's what I meant. Yeah. To say. Do you want to ask me anything, Hannah? Yes, I do, Kai. What's the gayest thing you've done this week? Thank you. I'm glad you asked. Um, I actually uh, had a wonderful conversation with my therapist today who originally started as my gender therapist five years ago, but who I have not talked about gender to in about two and a half years, maybe, like, consistently, um, because there's just so much other stuff going on in my life. I don't know. Gender. I hardly know her. Um, uh, I, and also, um, I just kind of really uh, distance myself from doing specifically, like, trans community uh, organizing over the past year because I got so fucking burnt out uh, on doing specifically that for like six years straight or whatever. Um, So then I talked about gender to my therapist today and I was like discussing the ways in which um, socialization functions because I feel that uh when a lot of um like queer nerds talk about gender they say like uh and and also like uh vaguely like uh turf ideology like queer nerds like um you know the type uh they went to college in women's studies i did that um, my degree is in women's studies um so anyway they did what i did <laughs> and i went schooled a lot of them but anyway um so uh basically they say like you were social oh yes yes please fix i was just going to say most of the american turfs i've met if you trace if you do some journalism on their lineage of thought they're usually like not i'm not going to generalize and say all of them but a good chunk i have met in my experience have been women's studies majors and i will generalize and say that a good portion of american turks yeah. are influenced heavily by having interacted with british people and i would just like to say for the record fuck british people i would like to second that Yes. yes, I would like to uh, agree with all. I would like to third Lum's statement and second Vix's statement <laughs> and back it up with some more accreditation um, and confidence. Uh, because, um, yes, as a person who uh, was in a women's studies program and like studies turf ideologies and uh, under and like like uh, studied a lot of different 
studies in women's studies and sees where TERFs are pulling their arguments from. Yes, a hundred percent. They're pulling a lot of stuff from fucking queer theory and like it's in women's studies and it's garbage. Um, but anyway, uh, so they're always saying stuff like socialized as male and socialized mm-hmm. as female and, um, like, birth and assigned male at birth and I was talking to my therapist today and I was like listen they say all these things but it's so incredibly reductive because you and I both know that um, each individual interaction you're getting socialized as like a different gender getting read as like a different gender depending on the situation I mean like depending on the circumstance um, because gender is so prescribed by uh, like race and ability and, and class markers and like so many other things um, we're just kind of really unpacking like how it's not socialized as a monolith but it's like there are just all of these little different working bits and pieces and we just kind of started analyzing all of the different like um moments of socialization just kind of more in depth again uh through a different lens um that felt uh safer because i haven't really had to like do gender in a year because i haven't had to go out so that's been that was nice I wish I wish I could avoid yeah. gender for a whole. That's very good. I think the trick is to just walk around more heavily armed than anyone around you. Then you don't have to perform gender because, like, you could just you know, not. <laughs> is being heavily armed a gender yeah, in and of so itself? That's so strategic. But then I feel like my gender would be gun. Yeah, well, yes, exactly. exactly. Like when fix, a, exactly. Well, it's when a turtle asks you, you know, well, okay, so what's in your pants? And then you just do that, like, uh, cartoon villain thing where you unload more weapons than it seems possible to have been carrying. <laughs> like, well, this is what's in my pants. A Beretta yeah, 9 yeah. millimeter. Yeah, and then it's... <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's very gender. Yeah. Thank you for asking. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, so, uh, anyway, on to our next segment. I'm going to pivot into uh, probably mutual aid shout-outs. Um, Every week on If It's Gay We Play, we like to do a little shout-out for um, some of our mutual aid stuff that we are doing here in Denver. Uh, and one of the wonderful things that a lot of our uh, organizers, activists, people in the community, wonderful neighbors are doing is um, uh, supporting people uh, who are being unconstitutionally evicted uh, at their encampments. Um, And the next one that is happening is going to be on Thursday, March 11th uh, at 6.30 a.m. to 10.30 a.m., um, at 5th Street between Acoma and Broadway and Bannock Street between 4th and 5th and 5th and 6th Streets. Um, and that will be happening on March 11th. That is a Thursday. Um, I'd recommend getting there early, uh, bringing hot beverages if you can, uh, warm clothes generally in the early morning. Um, I know that it's been warmer during the day, but it tends to be colder it's in the morning cold still. as shit in the morning still. Yeah, so... Thank you, Kai. Is this the point where I jump in? I I didn't mean to interrupt. It's 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 a little challenging with the delay, so I'm like kind of like trying to wait for all thoughts to conclude and wait a second, then jump in. I encourage you to jump in way more. Way more. 
Okay, well, I will be really annoying and interrupt every single train of thought, and that in and of Thank itself, you, and right now, is my same. gender. Perfect. That's right. That's podcasting, baby. That is podcasting. Um, That's what we do on this podcast. So, uh, I am going to shout out the same uh, person that I shout out <laughs> the, the, before, the time that y'all didn't hear, um, but there is a person on... Twitter in the local Denver community. Um, they are uh, Vera Kelsang, I believe is their name. Um, and, and they don't... Uh, there are other mutual aid accounts that sometimes get more attention than them, and they're a little less known, so I'd like to shout them out. Um, they have a Venmo account. It is at V-I-R-Y-A... U-S-K-E-L-S-A-N-G. Um, and they do a lot of mutual aid distribution, um, getting supplies like jackets, sleeping bags, uh, tarps, every things that the unhoused people can use when they are forced out into the cold by... Michael Hancock and the rest of the Denver city government, which, just as an aside, fuck Michael Hancock. Fuck Michael Hancock. Fuck Michael Hancock. And fuck Ted Wheeler. Special guest spot, fuck Ted Wheeler. Fuck Ted Wheeler Wheeler while we got Lum, yeah. Yeah, fuck Ted Wheeler. United in our hatred of our terrible mayors. Gideon. Fuck Ted Wheeler, right, Gideon? Gideon is also the special guest on this podcast. He is an adorable princess boy. His pronouns are... He, him. He, him. And he has been oppressed all his life. There was a, a neighbor at the last apartment complex I lived at who said that um, because he didn't fight off when this neighbor's dog tried to hump him, that they couldn't hang out anymore, which is blatant homophobia. Um, Correct. Which I don't that think, it, I don't think people are talking about homophobia towards dogs enough um, in this day and age. Correct. <laughs> I'm sorry. I agree. This is a safe place for talking about dog homophobia. Me and cat homophobia, for the record. My cat's a giant faggot, and I want to talk about it more. (laughs) Yeah, our cat is very gay. He's just a big fop. He's like a wildian fop. Oh, my God. One of my cats that I live with is not a fop. He's like... He's like a gutter punk trying to impersonate a fop to get free treats. Wow. That's adorable. But I... But... No, 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 no. You don't understand. I'm not saying it like... It is adorable because he is cat and it is adorable. But also, he's an asshole. And you can tell he's really bad at his job. He's bad at impersonating, like, the idea of being a fop. He just ends up pissing on everything, which is so actively homophobic, actually. <laughs> he really needs to address his own blind spots. Wow, okay. Pissing and shitting yeah. on things is queer culture, all right? No, whoa. <laughs> I, I actually agree with him on this one. Have you ever seen a John Waters film, bit? <laughs> I think that we are going to forgo what we're playing this week because our topic this week is so meaty and we're playing the exact same things that we were playing last week. Right. Yeah, that's true. Literally nothing is new. Nothing is new. Nothing is new in my world. Um, 
and I would like to sort of segue into this segment with uh, almost almost a joke that you don't know, Hannah, that you don't know, Vix, and Lum certainly doesn't know because I don't talk to it at all. So I've, I've this never is known just anything great. In my life. Um, but assuming that it's exactly. not telepathic could be transphobic. Probably is. Because being telepathic oh could be oh part of Oh my god, I'm gender. so sorry. Oh my god. Are you going <laughs> to take my ally card away? <laughs> I'm going to cancel you on Twitter.com. You um, have no idea. They're gonna, oh it's no. going to make a whole <laughs> thread about you. You don't even know. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, uh, gay gamers, uh, fucking the slash sign, so I can't search it um, or don't know what <laughs> um, Did not assume that I was telepathic, uh, so, you know, cancel them or whatever. Blah, 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 blah. So, basically, what happened to me when I was doing research for this topic... Vampire, The Masquerade, Bloodlines 2, and the first one, and the tabletop game, the whole thing, and uh, fascism. I was just watching like a lot of videos on YouTube about uh, Vampire, The Masquerade, Bloodlines 2, and the first one, and the tabletop RPG. And fascism. Um, and I started... Yeah, and fascism, but not uh, really fascism. Uh, like, fascism separately from that not like necessarily because people have like anyway um so uh but nothing that was like explicitly um like pro-fascist nothing that was like oh man i fucking love uh fascism or anything like that it was more <laughs> like um dog whistle stuff um uh it, and basically i started getting on my other like regular youtube videos um prager university oh no oh god uh, youtube through algorithm recognized that because i was interested in vampire the masquerade bloodlines content that i might also be interested in prager university that's so interesting. Um, and I found that fucking fascinating. Uh, and I wanted to sort of bring that to the room because um, Vix educated us and is going to educate us. Vix is very informative. Also joke. <laughs> about, yeah. Yeah. about, right. uh, you can make it sound like I, about a whole, how a whole uh, community is connected to, not necessarily connected to fascism, but, I mean, oh, fuck, you're right. <laughs> It definitely... Okay, okay, so let's back up well, a little bit. Uh, we're here, again, to talk about vampires. So, I, I guess, um, what is y'all's experience with Vampire the Masquerade? I love I love that we're starting back here again, because I love the opportunity to get to ask um, uh, you both what, what your experience with both the Masquerade, as well as... Um, Lum, if you have no experience with the masquerade, what your experience with vampires is? I'm doing a very. I can tell that you're a fan because you're saying the masquerade. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no! Oh no! Um, how how great? Okay. Um, listen. Sorry, uh, I just outed you. uh, That that was very unethical of me. I apologize for just outing you. No, it's no. That's actually that was. That's, 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 what is the opposite of transphobic? Transphalic? Uh, trans- <laughs> I don't think that should be what you're I trying like to argue, but. I, went with it. I like transphalic. It reminds me of homosexual. 
Um, Transphallic homosexual. Well, that's that's going to be the gender. Well, let's say my background with the basket okay. right. Um, my background with the basket right. Uh, Transphallic is also my gender of the day. I invented uh, it. TM, TM, TM. It is my, my gender now, babies. Um, anyone can have it if they want. Anyway, uh, I downloaded the game um, when I was like 13 years old, 14 years old, uh, and I had to like reprogram the hex in order to get it to run. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's famously broken without... Yeah. Famously broken. It taught me like how to program a little bit like when I was that age. <laughs> Legitimately. Really cool. it's, uh-huh. um, and I loved that. Yeah, it, it was... It was I, I loved that for it, um, and it also uh, lear- learning how to learning how to code, especially of, because of a vampire game, like, is definitely uh, trans culture. Uh, I don't know, my uh, go- yes, that is absolutely that is, trans that culture. Is white. <laughs> that is definitely peak yeah, white trans culture. Oh wow, yeah, culture. <laughs> 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 it's like very much so. Um, anyway. <laughs> So I do that, and uh, I, I I love a lot of aspects of it, and I love the game, and I play the tabletop RPG um, with my friends in high school a couple of times. Uh, we really don't engage too deeply with the mechanics of it, because when I'm like a teenager, um, I don't understand the mechanics of tabletop RPGs too deeply. I tried to DM like a couple of... Uh, uh, I think it was fourth edition uh, D and D because that was before Five E came out. I keep getting away from the microphone. I do this literally every week. Oh, oh, I just keep scolding myself for it. Um, so Stop, don't acknowledge it. Just DM'd a couple of games. Didn't understand uh, tabletop rules. We didn't really engage with like the rule set or anything like that um and then uh kind of came back to when i was a little bit older um and played the fan mod of the first game never really engaged with the fan culture though or uh <laughs> the sequel that's coming out or anything Wait, a sequel coming out recent yes. about it yeah Love there's just a got a very excited look on coming out allegedly Allegedly, yeah, Lum just got very excited. There's a lot there. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> it's supposedly coming out this year. It's definitely yeah. not coming out this year, but it is quote-unquote coming out right. this year. Right. I think, how many more yeah, times do you like, think it'll be delayed? Oh. As many it's gonna be like, as it takes. It's going to be like some cyberpunk shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be cyberpunk-esque. I like, can totally relate to that because I decided to come out like five fuckery. separate times and then I just didn't and didn't and didn't until I finally you know, eventually did come out. So I feel like that's kind of trans culture. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was so desperately hoping that somebody would make that joke and I'm so glad that you jumped on that. Um, Delaying your release is trans. <laughs> anyway, Hannah uh, has never done anything Vampire the Masquerade related at all. No, I have not. I have. Well, the only thing I've done is there was a summer where Kai was replaying it uh, a couple years ago, and it was when Kai's uh, office setup was in her bedroom, as opposed to now where it is in the common space. Um, and so I didn't spend a ton of time looking over her shoulder playing Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, but I was interested in it because it looks silly. 
Um, so and I did sometimes, and the music slaps. I, I have spent tons. so many days uh, so like walking around my neighborhood because and it's uh, listening to the soundtrack. Special interest. Uh, sorry, one this more. This was how this podcast happened. Was uh, Vix? You posted on Twitter about fucking listening to the soundtrack. Oh I yeah, like, I love that. Can we talk about it? it and you were like, yes. And then uh, this happened, and well, now we're here. The soundtrack is like really, really, really good for it, the soundtrack is so good for listening to when you're like feeling like that particular kind of gay, where you're just like very deep in your feelies. But you also want to feel like a, like an animal oh, yeah. that will cause grievous bodily harm to any person that tries to interact with you yes. while you're in your feelies. Gender. That's gender. I feel so seen and heard by you right now. Yeah, that is gender. Um, what is your background with the game? So my background is I started playing it, uh, playing... Uh, Vampire of the Masquerade Bloodlines. Um, that was my introduction to it, and I started playing that like in high school at some point when I was a misanthropic, uh, that's how you say that word, teenager living in the countryside with like no yeah. friends, which is kind of leading, gonna lead me where to what I'm gonna talk about today, um, but we'll get to that. Anyway, after I started playing uh, Bloodlines, I got into the tabletop game, and like you, Kai, like, I never really got too much into the mechanics of it. I don't really think that game is, like, the mechanics don't matter all that much, um, as opposed to, like, the storytelling. Um, especially because, yeah. like, the, the main, like, the dungeon master, quote-unquote, in Vampire the Masquerades is called the storyteller. So, um, it's, it's really more about, like, your ability to build a narrative. So, I played that, uh, with my friends, high school, college, but, like, the bulk of my experience was playing the game and then, like, reading for hours about the Metalore, because, like, the Metalore of the World of Darkness is gigantic. It's true. It's, uh, there's multiple other games besides the two that we referenced just now. Um, it, not just in the uh, tabletop RPG, but also in the world of video games. There's, like, the werewolf ones and tons of other bullshit. Right, right. So, like, there, and, and like, all the meta will, on some level, intersect with itself. So, it really depends on how deep you want to go with it. Um... But, speaking of deeping, going deep... deep want to go? Because I did not go very deep. <laughs> well, I did, Kai, and the stuff that I found was oh. very depressing. So, um, the culture surrounding Vampire the Masquerade. Not inherently super chill. There are a lot of fascists... I feel like that get attracted to the vampire community, and uh, this kind of leads back to what Kai hinted at before, which is when uh, she started watching Vampire the Masquerade on content on YouTube, she started getting recommended PragerU videos, and that's not entirely... Uh, 
accidental or like unexpected. Um, so Vampire the Masquerade has had kind of a long history of problematic people being attracted to it, and that there's a lot that goes into that. Um, but a big part of it is the metalore. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the metalore and then explain like why it kind of led leans lends to these people being attracted to the community. Does that sound gay enough? Oh yeah. All right. That sounds exceptionally gay. Extremely because, gay. Uh, I think the metal lore expands even beyond Vampire the Masquerade bloodlines and can be a very interesting lens through which to look at kind of other vampire lore or other similar uh, blood-related lore that other fascists might be drawn to, so uh, right. listeners can use this as like a tool to critically analyze their media. Cool. Uh, so I'm not going to go too deeply into the lore. This isn't like a Warcraft or Warhammer podcast, I should say. I don't want this to be, like, four hours long. No, um, no, no, it's not. <laughs> but I, I wanted to, like, touch a little bit neither, on it. Neither Warcraft or Warhammer, to clarify. Thank goodness, because that right. would be straight as hell. But but for the blood god, though. That's true. That's true. That, is that is that gay? Maybe. It's mm-hmm. definitely got some vampire, like tinge to it oh yeah especially with like the lore with vampire okay so anyway not gonna go too deeply into the lore but i'll give you a general overview or your listeners rather um so in the game of vampire there's a there's i think 13 different vampire clans number doesn't matter but what matters is that like each clan is based off of a combination of um cultural references like 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 there's one clan which i will be talking a lot about today called the bruja and the bruja uh started out conceptually based on like the lost boys um and a lot of the original vampire clans started out that way based in largely off of like movies and really popular vampire books um there's another clan that's just basically like classical dracula explain real quick what the lost boys are uh you might yeah, there's, like, Nosferatu. Uh, so, the Lost Boys... Um, it, Lum reminded me that I should probably explain what the Lost Boys are and why it's relevant to, like, the Bruja, but I honestly have never oh, seen right. seen the Lost Boys, but I know, like, the type of vampires. The type... Like, if you haven't seen the Lost Boys, and I haven't, but I know the type of vampire because I'm a huge nerd, is, like, like the like, the punk kind of, like anti-establishment kind of vampire, like train-hopping kind of vampire. They wear a leather jacket, they wear big boots. Right, they, right. They, like, have slick back hair, and they're, they're like, crust, like crust and, they're, and, they're, and they're kind yeah. of gay, the Lost Boys, and they're, like, really sexy, they're very, like, sexual, and they're right. predatory, and they're, like, Lost Boys. Yes. Okay, I'm you. very into the Lost Boys as an aesthetic. It's a pretty great aesthetic, not going to lie. As an aesthetic, it's killer. (laughs) Um, But in addition to... That's it, though. That's as far as it goes. Yes, exactly. Um, So in addition to uh, just more well-known cultural things these uh, mythologies drew on, um, the original writers of Vampire also included 
a lot of more problematic elements to how they built these clans. Um, one clan in particular stands out called the Ravnos, and I'm taking a, a very gay sip of water. So, the Ravnos... Incredible. I love those. <laughs> the Ravnos are a clan that is no longer in the current edition of the game, which is 5e. Um, and the reason for that is that they are a very racist stereotype of Roma people, Romani people. Um, when their source book was released, um, it was, I believe, it... This is not, I don't think this is the exact title, but it definitely was something like this. World of Darkness, colon, World of Gypsies. Um, and so, yes. yes, and that's... Boy, all, howdy. Yeah, so racism was, like, inherently baked into the formulation of an entire clan. And this happened across multiple clans. There's another one called uh, the Shemitzi. <laughs> And the Shemitzi, their whole thing, because each vampire clan has a thing, like an ability and like a per like personality traits and things like that. Um, so each clan has a thing, and the thing for the Ravnos was being a stereotype of Roma people. The thing for Shemitzi, the Shemitzi vampires, is that they're like shape shifting and they can like control the flesh of other beings, and so. Um, they, when they were writing the game originally, they picked the clan mascot for Vishimitsi because each clan has a mascot as well. They picked the clan mascot for Vishimitsi to be like this g very gender ambiguous character called Sasha Vikos, which was cool, but the way they described the character, which again, cool from a reclamation, reclamation point but not what they were going for. They described the character as, like, a fiend, as, like... Like, it was super transphobic. I, I remember fiend specifically sticking out in reference to its ability, yeah. like, the character's ability to change its gender. They also gendered it with its, it, it, its pronouns, but not, like, in a reclamation-positive way, in a, not, in a very 90s toxic way. In a dehumanizing way. Yes. Um... So elements of all that stuff were very present, um, especially in, in the original uh, writing of Vampire. Um, and so, like, this led to a lot of really troubled people being kind of get engrossed into it because it's very... It, that sort of thing lends itself to power fantasies very easily. And I wanted to talk more about a very uh, concrete physical example of this happening because in the uh, mid-90s when the game was um, kind of in its heyday when it first came out uh, a cult ended up forming around it um, there was a man by the name a young man by the name of Rob Farrell I believe let me just double check my notes very incredibly gaily uh, because, you know, you have to be precise when you're being gay. That sounds, uh, correct. Because that sounds like yes. the thing you said last week. Uh, yes, yes. So, Rob Whatever. Farrell is correct. Time is a construct. Um, and... Uh, Rob Farrell basically ended up forming a small cult of about five to six people in his incredibly small country town. Um... 
and I believe as the story goes, his gr- he primarily did it as a power. That is embarrassing. F- <laughs> that in and of itself is embarrassing, yes. But as the story goes, he primarily formed this cult as a power fantasy to, you know, being the small town affected white kid with like no prospects or anything, he decides to make a power fantasy for himself and his friends. I think as the story goes, eventually his girlfriend at the time, her parents realize kind of what's happening and pull her away. And I'm not entirely certain how the story ends, and I'm not going to elaborate further because I don't know. But I do know that the idea of a cult being formed around your game, because Vampire was like a central element of his cult's belief, probably not a great um, indication that your game, like... Uh, hold on. Ed, just the, power <laughs> I lost the thread of what I was saying there, but thank you, Kai. Yes. Um, so there's a, there have always been really problematic elements to that game. Um, a lot of that was due to the original writer of the game named... Uh, pause one second. Edit this out. Sorry to your producer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh he, Mar- he does this all the time. He- so the original writer of the game was named Mark Rain Hagen, um, and we will be d- discussing Mark Rain Hagen later. He will be very relevant later, but he was one of the original writers and very uh, one of the original people behind specifically like the the uh, Ravnos clan book. Um, a lot of the good, yeah, a lot of the good material, like bloodlines and stuff came out of the team that came after, uh, him and his team. Um, so he was fired, I think in, in the mid nineties. So the primary, uh, thing that I wanted to lead this all towards was, um, an incident that happened a few years ago in 2018 when the, fifth edition, um, an alpha version of the fifth edition rule book and a play test was released. And a whole deep dive article was written about this because of some very troubling elements that were associated with the new, um, the way the new rule book was written, certain, um, elements of the playtest, and this article written by, uh, written, written on a website called dogwithdice.com. Um, I'm not sure, I think that's also the author, but that's the way, uh, everybody addresses the author, but I'm not entirely certain who the author actually is. Um, regardless, a, a deep dive was posted on this website about how the, how Paradox and White Wolf specifically were marketing, were using Vampire to market towards the alt-right or were um, not necessarily courting fascist, but were very much like writing the material with with the idea of incentivizing like edgelords, people who would be in the fascist pipeline. I'm sorry, can I just cut it real quick? Did you say White, white Wolf Gaming? 
Yes. Is that the company that makes Vampire White, Masquerade? White, White Wolf Publishing, yeah. White Wolf Publishing. That, that, like, on its face, that is, like, fascist imagery through and through. Like That's a good and point, and, and I, I, White Wolf, yes. Anyway, that's all I have to offer. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point that I didn't actually think of before then, but thank you, dear. Bringing up, bringing up information you didn't know beforehand is actually incredibly gay. Or yes. thoughts. Um, so, Learning is gay. Thinking is gay. Thinking. That's literally true. just thinking is gay, actually. It's in the L word uh, intro theme. It's gay. Um, so, okay. So I'm not going to go through this whole article. But I will touch on the most important points. I mentioned the Bruja earlier, and the reason I bring that up is because the Bruja were a central um, element of this playtest. A lot of the attention that this Dog with Dice article focused gave focus to was the fact that the Bruja's clan weakness, this is one of the first troubling elements, was literally called, quote, triggered. Like, that's its weakness. Because in the new playtest, the Bruja was um, kind of... They rewrote it to be this... What a 2016 alt-right edgelord would think of as a leftist. Very Mm -hmm. social justice warrior, tumblerina, that that sort of thing. So, um, the clan weakness was called Triggered. And... Use of that vernacular was a little bit troubling, but then it went a bit deeper. And it's, it mentioned how um, one of the NPCs, del- it like went out of its way to talk about how one of the NPCs that you would encounter in uh, your alpha playtest would be a vampire. Uh, tell me if you think this sounds problematic. A vampire that surrounds himself with children as his primary source of blood. Mm, yeah, no, that's that's super fucked up. Yeah, so, I think. And here, here's the thing about vampire that, like, uh, people may not know, is that one of the elements of the game is that you pick a type of, like, prey that your uh, character is most likely to seek out and active like that's how they're going to get the most nourish you know that they're going to get the most if they follow these ideal targets and this this npc's ideal food source was children so that that was that was little little yikesy that was a little more of a little yikesy that was that's it's getting pretty yikesy um and then it brings up the Bruja again because it gives yeah, it gives you various like here's what you could be if you were the Bruja or what your character would might have been be in a previous life, um, and it's kind of weird because it it while they were trying to portray the Bruja as like this edgy leftist, they also went out of their way to say in this like list of suggestions of what your bruja might have been, they deliberately say your bruja might have been a (laughs) (laughs) neo-Nazi. And so when you're playing like a bruja, they are like... Nothing is more obvious than that. Right. Like, they... Which... If you're playing a bruja, there is like, I guess, 
the way they're played, which also, in and of itself, I just want, this is a little bit of a tangent, but goes to the overall point. The whole kind of inherent mechanics of it, which is that, like, each clan has a very specific set of, like, behavioral traits, seems a little bit eugenics-y to me. And I don't think, I don't, I'm not going to say, like, they intentionally wrote that in, but I think, like, given who was writing about it before and um, the culture surrounding it, I don't think it would be too much of a stretch to think, like, on some subconscious level, like, that was an element to it. I mean, even if it wasn't intentional, a lot of tabletop games have done this this kind of, like, uh, because of the society that the people were raised in, you can leave that there. Um, Because of the society people were raised in, um, and and the things that they've learned, the way that they were educated growing up, like, we have a lot of, like, everybody has a lot of um, kind of blind spots regarding uh, racial things, racial subjects. And so, like, uh, D&D's orcs being uh, basically black-coded without it being necessarily an intentional, um, like, an, an, an intentionally trying to be racist thing. Um, I mean, like, obviously if this was written by more right-wing people than it's... <laughs> I, not. But, I mean, these things bleed into society as a whole, and, and it's, it's, it's more an indication of a blind spot and or ignorance than it is outright maliciousness often. Right, and, like, okay, in the specific instance of Vampire, as it was originally written by uh, the guy Hagen who originally wrote it, I think that, you know, ill-intense racism was in, was very much a part of it. But we also need to mention that Vampire is, like, kind of super a, a product of its time. It's super a product of the mid-'90s and early-'2000s. Like, it definitely baked into it, I think. And uh, what do you, I am curious to know your thoughts, Kai, but, like, baked into it is kind of, like... Inherent to it, an appeal to edge lordiness and that kind of mid '90s version of teenage angst and edginess. Oh yeah, I mean, I um, I would love to just kind of hop on board with that uh, appeal to teenage angst and edginess and product of '90s and early 2000s discussion. And um, sort of the additional research that you brought to the table today and sort of uh, I also did some additional research in the interim uh, between recording podcasts. I know it was incredible. Um, I was laughing at you. Our cat is throwing a full-blown temper tip. Love love your cat. And I love your cat, too, but not as strongly as Lum. Lum is full of love. Lum says I'm hi, jaded. and it loves you. <laughs> Vixie loves Vixie. you, but less. Vixie loves you, but not as strongly as Lum does. <laughs> anyway, uh, I read uh, specifically, I want to cite... I want to cite this article because I was thinking about Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines and um, my experience replaying it recently, and I was like, you know, the entire part in Chinatown was super fucking racist. Uh, The entire Chinatown part was super fucking racist. Um, And then I was like, you know, there were other parts that were super racist. And so I googled Vampire the Masquerade racism, and uh, it uh, came up with a really wonderful, uh, very uh, like, introductory article that was just like, let's face it, Vampire the Masquerade bloodlines had problems with racism. 
Racism on uh, The Gamer by uh, Corin Bay. Uh, this was published in uh, 2019, so uh, just two years ago. But um, it came about the recent, about the same time that uh, the sequel was announced. But basically, um, the author writes about uh, some of the specific characters that are caricatures of. Um, anti-black stereotypes um, such as Skelter and uh, yes. Larry and definitely uh, Skelter uh, anti-Latinx uh, caricatures as well um, they're like seen as aggressive, uh, less than uh, intelligent and superstitious um, threatening um, and then when we get into the whole Chinatown um uh, section, it is just Orientalist as fuck. It is incredibly, uh, I, like, I, 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 la- I chuckled a little bit, just, and not because of, like, wow, because I, it's I, funny, I, but, like, I, because I, of how are, obvious it is. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's everywhere uh, in that section. They, they start, I, I'm, uh, within... Yeah, the accents are incredibly um, racist. Uh, then following, there's a bunch of um, Orientalist misogyny. Uh, there is, uh, furthermore, there's there's just there- basically a lot of stereotype after stereotype of quest after quest. There, there is a whole like, line of quests that's based based, based around, like, that caricature of, like, a shifty orientalist, like, med- medicine man and, like, him being inherently untrustworthy and demonic. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Um, there's, a, and there's a lot. Yikes. It's, it's really icky and, uh, looking back on that, I was like, wow, it is absolutely incredible that that, um, uh, my whiteness allowed me to play and enjoy that game fully um, uh, like recognizing what was wrong with it like when I was 13 not recognizing that that was problems Um, just kind of made me really reflect on that quite a bit Uh, yeah yeah, so yep. bloodlines, not not the good part of Vampire the Masquerade, as it turns out. Yeah, yeah, bloodlines was not great. Like it's it's somehow it's less problematic. It's a lot less problematic than like the original source books, but that in no way does not mean it is not uh, yeah. racist or problematic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it had fucking slapping music, and the aesthetic was on. Point. And I, I, I but will. Goddamn. I uh, will say somebody uh, should make a reef. Recut, right? I will say, like, I I did enjoy that, um, like, to in that game, every single anarchist was hanging out at like a smoking dive bar. Like, every single anarchist was just a biker. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I think too. To me. Yeah. Like, I, I'm pretty sure, like, the best path you can take in that game is to side with the anarchs. So there is that. It is. It is. I mean, that's the path I took, and I view any path what? that I take in a video game as the best path. Oh, also, though, how, what, so. like, why would you ever side with LaCroix? LaCroix is, like, the most insufferable little bastard ever. I mean, really, anarchy as a vampire doesn't make any sense. And I say this as an anarchist, been an anarchist for Because he loves Spartan. <laughs> but just, like, no gods, no masters, but then you're a vampire, and you're basically worshipping everything around you. And yourself. 
and all the other vampires. And right. This whole well, that experience. that was that that was like the the coolest part to me of reading yeah. about the original kind of like the the whole lore was reading about the Anarchs and how they went and intentionally like killed their vampire elders, like went around and killed all of them. And all right, I'm down for that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that fucks. I mean, that there's does fucks. there's. I mean, there's there, there's redeemable bits and pieces in there, but goddamn, but these God, creators are just like wow. So, and let's talk a little bit more about the creators bringing it back. Um, one thing that Dog with Dice Deep Dive brings up is one of the writers that was hired on to White Wolf at the time, though not for uh, Vampire the Masquerade writing of any source books or anything as far as I can tell, want to make that clear. But his name is Zach S., Zach Smith. He is a very problematic writer in the tabletop gaming scene. Um, he, he was hired on in 2016, I believe, or 2018, um, to write and develop... Uh, White Wolf's mobile game, I believe, or a, a, a Paradox-related game for mobile. Um, and he, w- he, along with uh, Hagen, were hired on to the team, because Hagen was hired on again. Um, and it is at this point that I want to bring up... Um, I will, br- I will get back to Zach S. Uh, what? Why? <laughs> I... I will get right back to Zach S., um, but I do want to bring up that in this article, um, I, I have to bring this up because it's so egregious, Hagen, they screen, ca- they screen cap a couple of posts that uh, Hagen made during the Charlottesville rallies, in which case, oh, <laughs> among of other things, he, he says that uh, we shouldn't, speaking about leftists um, because he was definitely not referring to himself as a leftist but he was saying how like fighting against Nazis is not the solution and specifically I have this in quotes that you should let Nazis quote peacefully beat your ass end quote that is a screen cap from one of the posts he (laughs) made seems a little sus like something a Nazi would say. Fashy, but okay. Seems a little fashy. Seems a little bit, a lot like exactly what a Nazi would say. That post doesn't fucks. That post definitely does not yeah. fucks. Um, that post is the, yeah, no. No. No fucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, get, so, him along with Zach S, and let's get back to Zach S real quick. Uh, Zach S yeah. He his history in uh, the gaming industry, as far as I was willing to read about, because he's a piece of shit. He had a uh, show sure. on on the Escapist, along with like at the same time Yahtzee oh and all those people were super popular. Oh my god! He had oh a whole god. Yeah. Dicks. Oh my god. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Why are you bringing the Escapist into this? Because. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, the, the escapist uh, gave rise to Zach S. And Zach S. turned out to be uh, one of the main, you know, members of I'm the Gamer Game. I like the escapist, and I want to be clear. Oh, well, well, I mean, it like the escapist just slightly less for giving birth to Zach S.'s career, then. 
Um, because Zachas, I think he had a show where, like, he would go on and talk to porn stars about games, whatever stupid, or whatever thing, whatever thing Zachas had. Um, he would later go on to harass, uh, multiple journalists like every other Gamergate chud, um, and he does look like a Gamergate chud. I sent y'all a photo last week. I don't know if y'all still have it, but he is the most Gamergate-looking person you will ever see in your yes. life. Um, and yeah, it's pretty gross. Yeah. So around the around that time, I, he was known for harassing another uh, writer, a trans writer named um, Avery Alder, and. He would later on go to write something, I believe, for Paradox, where one of the main villains was a murderous trans woman who would go on and on about social justice-like talking points. Um, He had a blog for a long time where he would document his harassments of other writers in the gaming industry and journalists. Um, He would oftentimes post this kind of with the explicit understanding that his readers would go and attack these people. Um, David Hill, uh, another... He sounds kind of like Joey Camp. He, he's a little Joey Campy, for sure. <laughs> uh, that Yeah, he's definitely very, um, you know, just the kind of... I Sorry, you... <laughs> You derailed my thought talking, mentioning Joey Camp. Now that's all. Now I'm just filled with rage. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, Oops, that's gay. Uh, gay rage. Gay rage. Uh, and do, do your listener oh, yeah. have you? Do your listeners know Joey Camp? Is that something even that should be in the podcast? Uh, only, some of them. Well, uh, some of them. Oh, some of them so he's at audio. I am fine calling saying his name. No, I'm fine saying his name, but we don't need to go into his background. Yeah. All right, local asshole who spread into the nation and he just trolls people for... He he doxes local activists, especially like local femme activists. I've been doxed by him. Um, He, he, yeah, he tends to just go after like femme local activists, especially sex workers. um, Just very incel-y. So Zach S is very much the uh, the Joey Camp of the of the game writing world, in that sense. Um, so around the time that Zach S was was hired on, a series of posts on the RPG.net forums uh, they had been going around about him because he's super super problematic. But one post. Uh, had an account by a writer named David Hill about how apparently David Hill had received anonymous calls from somebody who was referencing Zach S, referencing things that he would do to David Hill's kids, uh, things of that nature. So, pretty problematic dude. And... uh, White Wolf hired him on at this time, around 2018, and I think, like, there's kind of an argument to be made to deliberately, that they were trying to, to deliberately market to alt-right 4chan chuds. <laughs> that sounded dramatic in the background. 
That sounded like a cat potentially knocking over something. Yeah. It was. <laughs> yeah, he's been doing that. He knocked over a pill bottle, uh, and then he knocked over a um, sake cup. So, tantrum. He's throwing a tantrum. Still. Lum still loves your cat. Please continue. <laughs> um, so, Zach Hess was just... Crawfish, Lum still loves you. <laughs> Zach S was just one of many indicators that they were that White Wolf at this time around 2018 or before, like when they started writing this stuff, that they had gone in kind of with the intent to maybe not. I'm not going to say because I don't have proof that they were trying to deliberately court the alt right and fascism and like move the writing in a fascist direction. I don't think that's the case. I just think that they looked at like sure. like the markets and looked at the way the world was and decided like it would be profitable to market to Nazis and whether or not it's intentional that you're like making a Nazi game the fact that you are marketing to Nazis and market was like pretty seemingly obvious alt-right dog whistles baked into um, this material you're, you're releasing kind of like it was a pre-release, it was an alpha test, like, this is what you can expect to see in the upcoming thing. Um, so, after all this happened, there was kind of, like, a number of things happened. Uh, White Wolf, first of all, Paradox, uh, took control, I believe, of White Wolf, um, and took control of, because uh, White Wolf was operating kind of independently of Paradox as their own little in-house studio, and Paradox was like, nah, no, no more of that. That's not happening again. So Paradox t uh, yeah. took back control of like of writing and the writing properties for um, anything related to to Vampire. They fired most of the writers that worked on that original alpha play test and pre-release. I say most because the person who was in charge of the project, who also hired Zach S, remained in charge of the project. So, seems a little bad. Which fixing. doesn't really seem like that fixes the problem. Right, yeah. right. Um, and... Since then, from what I've noticed, I feel I think that they have tried to kind of correct a lot of the more cringy stuff. Um, I haven't personally. I don't have like a, a five E source book around me, and I couldn't flip through it and tell you. But everything I've read seems to indicate that they were they made at least some very obvious gesture to try and correct things very quickly because if it did not reflect well on them. So that's kind of like the first like big series of events that happened. But then uh, what I saw, and this is kind of less material but interesting, and it, it goes back to just talking about the community that plays this game, is that the response at large from the community that I saw from posts around that time, they were not like... They were far more... Um, antagonistic towards the dog with dice deep dive than they were the with the material that was being presented within it the 
and it ended up that that page had that is so not surprising to me. Yeah, that page ended up getting archived. Um, the dog with dice person deleted their Twitter. Um, going through and looking back, there's honestly there's a surprising lack of discussion on Twitter from that time period of what was going on, which makes me believe that posts were deleted and. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, they actually came after the dog with dice person with a lawsuit because, um, like, a defamation lawsuit because uh, I think it was due to the character of the article being phrased as like they were there were Nazis writing for White Wolf instead of like White Wolf was court was marketing to Nazis or writing for Nazis. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Which going back and reading through the article doesn't see, and I, it doesn't seem like it. And I think they actually make, um, multiple attempts to address that. But regardless, that's kind of the narrative that as far as looking through it, uh, things took, um, and ultimately looking through things now, looking through any kind of comment section related to vampire, I still know, especially looking for research related to this uh, topic, any sort of article talking about this, the comment section to this day with comments I remember from 2020, because I think a Polygon article got written about this in relation to Bloodlines 2, there were still comments kind of like, saying that what happened was overblown, that uh, the dog with dice person got sued, so that must mean that, like, they were misrepresenting things. And I I do want to point out, um, I I wouldn't be a good quote-unquote fake journalist if I didn't point this out, um, that there there are a couple of, like, inconsistencies with that article um, in its original form, namely... The big one that I noticed that made me kind of like, hmm, I should at least mention this, was that um, you remember I brought up the fact that Zacchaeus had apparently allegedly threatened this other writer, David Hill, threatened um, his kids. Uh, the article like conflates that incident with the incident um, where Zacchaeus had threatened uh, Avery, the, the trans writer. So there are certain th- details I noticed that I kind of had to look for, or uh, he seemed to admit to try and con- get you to conflate the two. And I wanted to bring that up. I don't think that invalidates um, the points this person was bringing to the table, but I do want to it bring up that um, there are a couple of s- smaller... Uh, less significant inconsistencies, I would say, but inconsistencies nonetheless. And, like, he makes some kind of dumb point, not dumb point, but he makes silly points that I don't know hold weight. For example, um, in 5e, there's, like, the main villain is, like, the second Inquisition, which are, you know, it's the first Inquisition, but with technology and bombs, and they, they hunt vampires instead of, like, people who aren't Christians. Um, and he tries to make a compare, like, he tries to say that they were written to be coded as, like, uh, a metaphor for the conspiracy that 
Jewish people uh, are have a quote global cabal controlling people. He tries to draw comparisons to those things, and I don't know about that so much. I don't think it goes that deep deeply, or like anti-Semitism is incredibly hard baked into it like that. Like it's just imperialism. Yeah, anti-Semitism is just there, and imperialism is just there. Right, and you don't need to justify it like that. For sure, for sure, yeah. Um, so that just leads me to this conclusion that there's a lot of really fucking problematic people in the vampire community, and I wanted to bring up this uh, specific incident that happened a few years ago uh, that kind of brought out a lot of the more problematic elements of the community. Uh, I will say one, a couple final things. There are more wholesome elements to this community. It's not all, like, fascistic edgelord assholes who go on 8kun and 4chan. Um, a lot of the less problematic writers uh, from White Wolf eventually went to Onyx Path. Um, and they, while they had definitely have their own issues... The material they produce, especially with regards to Vampire in the last few years, has been probably some of the best material that has come out for that game. Um, And they consistently produce some of the least problematic stuff for that game. Um, So there are good... It wouldn't be my favorite game if there weren't good elements to it. But I wanted to bring that up. I don't want people to get, like, the wrong idea that, like, it's just a community full of fascist assholes, because it's not that. But it can potentially lead itself to that. And that's kind of all. Yeah. Definitely. I think that your perspective and your information and um, not only uh, the incredible... uh, value of everything that you just shared um also i feel like you should read audiobooks or something because <laughs> what your voice is so soothing it is very soothing uh, anyway <laughs> yeah you have a soothing voice yeah, a, nice, voice. a nice soothing cadence yeah you you read good you talk good well, anyway thanks i'm glad i do being, good uh, words I good you, so, you done a word. You, you done, done words good. You done some words good. I here feel on like this podcast. the the, the most interesting thing for me um, about this whole uh, recent approach into uh, Vampire the Masquerade, uh, etc., was when I was just kind of watching videos about the game. Nothing related to fascism or anything on YouTube. And before I started getting the Prager University ads or anything, um, I. Uh, saw comments on these videos um just from like accounts with like really suspicious fashy names and profile images like really invested in like when the game was coming out um yeah and then i also saw um a bunch of white people uh, like myself, uh, overlooking the massive amounts of racism in the game and in the community. So I think the way that Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines can be as 
incredible as I know it has the possibility to be is if white people stop putting up with other white people's bullshit in the community and start actually requesting um, anti-racism in our media well like our creators and our fellow like fans absolutely um one of my favorite clans um, in Vampire are the Asimites, and the Asimites started out definitely as a problematic clan. Because first of all, they're literally the only clan that's not like Eurocentric, white-centric, or American-centric. They're and they're based in Egypt, I think. I'm not entirely certain. Um, they were written originally pretty problematically with um, a lot of stereotypes towards Egyptian people and Egyptian mythologies and they were written as like quote unquote like black African assassin type characters um, but I think th- because they White Wolf was called out for that a lot they actually went to the effort of trying to kind of rewrite this clan to make, the, make it less problematic and actually give like uh, make uh, like give reverence to the culture they were trying to take they were trying to take it from not write it from um, and they actually end up being presently they're kind of like mm-hmm. one of my favorite clans they're uh, one of the best most fleshed out clans in terms of their abilities and like the, the clan history and things like that and that only came out because people repeatedly called White Wolf on their shit, especially as related to this specific clan. And I, I'm glad because... Well, there you have it, white people. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm glad because what you're saying, too, it, like, Vampire is definitely a very white game, and it needs to be... And, like, vamp- Vampire culture is like it shouldn't be but it's very it has been white centric historically and i think there is so much potential to change that and do it in a way like first of all stop hiring problematic white writers stop like hire baby steps steps. stop hiring nazis stop yes step one step one (laughs) don't hire nazis Step one, no more Nazis. Step two, uh, stop having producers and stop taking money from uh, executives who are willing to uh, pander to Nazis to earn money. Um, And then you might be able to build a work environment that is healthy and safe for a more diverse staff of writers to come in. And then... So what if... can change the games. What if, what if I counter with... We try to attract more Nazis. You know what? Actually, that's an interesting point, and I did want to say this real quick, just because I think that there is a non-zero chance that someone at White Wolf uh, listens to this episode of the podcast, so I want this to be something that they hear. Um, because vampires, and I think we can all agree on this, vampires are inherently a queer culture. Yes. Uh, I, I, I definitely yes. feel like at some point down the road, you know, five, ten years, uh, Vampire the Masquerade will be discussed as the white nationalist or Nazi to hypersexual queer femme pipeline. And I'm all for that. 
people are already talking about that, Mom. I'm not even joking. <laughs> no, for real. That is let that is a part of the discourse you just brought up. Oh yeah, and you did it as Love as as a live know. shit post, but actually you just brought up a legitimate point of discourse. Yeah, Lum, I don't even want to open up this discourse can of worms live on air right now. There's a that's a whole thing. I want to start wrapping up. That yeah, that's <laughs> a whole thing. So in my yeah, my knees hurt. I'm I'm recording this in a real weird position because of the whole thing. So yeah, I agree. As interesting as that is, <laughs> I'm very disabled and I'm very to gay. Have you on again? But yeah. Discuss fascist femboy discourse. I want that. <laughs> please, please, can we be on again to discuss fascist femboy discourse <laughs> or just fascism Actually, yeah, and games? I very much I want really you on like for that because that, yeah. that's one of my favorite subjects. <laughs> please, I want to hear you talk to me about uh, fascist femboys. Oh my god! Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give a I'll give a spiel. I'll give a presentation, PowerPoint. Oh god, uh, Prezi, Prezi. <laughs> yeah, give a Prezi. On <laughs> an audio medium. Anyway, uh, uh, this has been if it's gay we play. If it's gay we play. Vixie, where can we find you um, online doing your thing? You can primarily and almost exclusively find me on Twitter at anarchofox with two X's, all one word. And Lum. Where can Amazing. we find Remarkable. you, my my beautiful sweet dragon? Uh, tapping on the window found. at the middle in the middle of the night while you were sleeping. That's where you can find me. Great. Also, Excellent. Yes. Yeah. You'll find Lum tapping. Yeah, tapping on the window. It's it's uh, it's also on Twitter, but uh, you know, it's it's at is incomprehensible to uh, binary people. And mortal minds. So and mortal minds. You'll, you'll find it if you know where to look. Exactly. <laughs> you'll find it if you already know where it is. Yeah, uh-huh. like the Ila de Muerta. Exactly. So, Hannah, tell us about me, about us. Who so, you can we? find out. We're Kai and Hannah, and we're If It's Gay We Play. And you can find uh, you can find us on Twitter. We're at Gay Gamers with a Z G A Y G A M E R Z. We have recently closed our DMs. We are only accepting emails now. If it's gay, we play at protonmail.com. Uh, just an update because DMs on Twitter, obviously, bad up, sick. We are getting too many things that are personal information. Please do not send me your personal information on Twitter. For Christ's sake, or at all, or at all. Yeah, well, not yes, or at all, but especially... I'm so sorry, I started yelling. I got very mad. Uh, or, but especially not on Twitter. Yeah, uh, so just, if you want to, uh, you know, get our attention, I suppose you can tweet at us, um, or... Well, you... Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. You can tweet at you us. You can email me. Or if you just want to, yeah, more, be more regular, you can email at us at uh, if it's gay we play at protonmail.com. Um, if you feel like throwing us some funds, uh, which goes not only to us and paying our rent, uh, it goes to um, mutual aid efforts and housing and feeding and clothing people uh, in the city. So uh, the way that you can give money to that is we have a Venmo. We're at Gay Gamers on Venmo. Uh, we have a coffee that's ko-fi slash dot com slash gay gamers and we have uh you can go to anchor.fm slash if it's gay we play and you could become a monthly subscriber if you want if that's something you feel like 
doing. You don't get anything. But you should. Doing, so you, you should still do it. It'd be cooler if you did. If that's something you're into. If you're into it, yeah, but only if you're into it. The knowledge you in did. your heart that you're supporting me living until I can get on that sweet SSDI government money. Hannah, what was your cat's Which name again? Uh, working I on. feel like your cat needs a shout out working at this point. Our, your, your cat does need a shout out. cat's name is... Oh, our cat's name is Crawfish. Our cat is, has been and is and will remain Crawfish. Yeah. His name is Crawfish because he has thumbs and his hands kind of look like little crawfish. We did not name him. We did not name him. He came with the name. We, in fact, adopted him because his name was Crawfish. And because That's he is beautiful. making what we have named Crawface. Yeah, he's yeah. like the perfect cat. He's <laughs> the perfect organism. He's perfect in every conceivable way. Oh, we like Lum. I wonder so if they know each other. Yeah, so, so basically yeah, people can do. subscribe they probably do. to... Uh, the Patreon for If It's Gay We Play to help support um, Crawfish, which I think is really important. Yeah, that's great. You can. Yeah, you if can you subscribe on our, on our anchor.fm. I'll send you uh, pictures of the cat. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, we'll send you pictures of the cat. Or, like, if you send us money on Venmo, maybe we'll drop you a picture of our cat. Yeah. Back. I'll do whatever you want with the cat. What's your Venmo, <laughs> Venmo again so I can, like, pay you right now for a picture of your cat? Oh, if you're a guest on the pod, you get a you get, you a, get a free, free picture, picture of, of crawfish. Yeah. But I, I I just wanted to like oh wh- wow I mean nothing better than free but I you know just I feel like it'd be Don't super gay if I if I like live sent you a donation for a picture of your cat. It would. I love crawfish. But we don't accept donations. That's right. Guests on the podcast fix well. Don't make them. I don't make the rules. I just own the podcast. I'm sorry. I, 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 I like how you decided. Like, y'all, I've heard y'all refer to me as both Vix and Vixie, and you just referred to Vix as you were trying to scold me. How dare you, Mom? Gay Mom. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Scold me, Gay Mommy. Ooh, anyway. It's gotta be full or nothing. Listen. Thank, thank, thank you, you all for listening, for, and thank, thank you, you both for, for listening. Joining thank us. you to our guests for being on our pod. Thank you for uh, having I, us. Thank you for listening to us. Very enjoyable. Ramble. Me ramble. Um, you did an amazing job. Well, thank it you. Was not it was as rambling as you think it is. I feel very uh, gay. And oh, what were you going to say? They feel. Yeah, I, I, feel. I feel very feel gay. <laughs> Good. That's all. I'm glad. So I would I. love if you would keep being gay. Well, and keep playing games. Oh, we said it wrong. It's keep being games. Fuck. Fuck. I fucked keep shit playing. up. You said you, yeah, and fuck shit up. Do you want to do it again? Yeah, I'll do it again. I fucked this up two weeks in a row now. Okay. Uh, keep playing gay. And keep being games. And fuck shit up. And fuck shit up. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.